Hello dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of the Want Money Got Money podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani and my guest today is JV Kram the 3rd. You should listen to this podcast if you want to change your mindset, if you want to acquire a growth mindset. JV Kram the 3rd is in the business of making millionaires and he has made a massive difference to hundreds thousands if not even millions of people his podcast gets millions and millions of downloads every single month so let's lean in and listen to jv kram the 3rd and get some wisdom and advice from him So Jayakram it's great to have you on the show I've been looking forward to talking with you again after our conversation on your show you are an a best selling author a podcaster and a business coach and mentor so I'd love to know a bit about your journey how you got started how you ended up doing what you're doing today Yeah I think the right place to start is growing up because so much of the work it doesn't matter what level the entrepreneur that I'm working with is it's the same work it's just getting somebody to the next level you can be at a billion and you want to go to 5 billion or you can be at a million and want to go to 5 million it's actually the same work and it's the work that I actually did on myself when I was 5 years old so I'm growing up in this little town 2 300 people everybody's poor because that's what listen folks if you don't live in a you've never lived in a country town i just want you to know every country town's broke That's why they're called little country towns. It's how it works out. Most of the people don't have any money. And when I went to the grocery store, my mom had taught me don't ask for the candy bars. Like she had her list and I'd always pray to God and I'd go, I hope she put candy on the list this week, but I knew I couldn't ask for the candy bar. So one day, being a little 5-year-old, I'm sitting around and I'm going, there's got to be a sol- solution to this problem. And I went, "Oh, I know." I'll grow up and be a millionaire. Now, that sounds like a crazy little boy statement except I ran in the house, I told my parents. My mom shakes her fingers at me and she says, "Don't you tell anybody." Now, I was writing my book and my editor, I wrote that in the book and my editor says, "You've got to explain that. When you're living something, you never think through it a lot of times, right? Yeah. It's just part of your story." And so I said, "Well, what's going on with that we lived across the street from the church and we went to the church three times a week and my mother believed now there's a lot in this little story that anybody who made a lot of money was a crook they were evil they were bad they had cheated people and so from her perspective i just told her i was going to grow up and be a criminal from my perspective i was going to grow up and live in abundance so we had yes. very different perspectives on that statement Now what's fun is that being a little boy and I was an aggressive little go for what I want a little boy from I think moment 1. So I went around town and I knocked on the doors and I announced I declared you think about this is how you get something in life. I declared to all the people who opened the doors I'm going to grow up and be a millionaire all around town telling the whole town I'm going to be a millionaire, right? Now that was the beginning of changing my mind about my identity, who I was. I'm not this poor kid, I'm a guy who's going to grow up and be a millionaire. Different identity. And it was changing my personal reality about what's possible. Because for all those people in that little town, being a millionaire wasn't possible. It wasn't part of their possibility. And I've 
been doing master classes recently, and I love to talk about Elon Musk because I happen to admire him a great deal. And I go, I'll go by a show of hands. How many people here today believe that Elon Musk can send a rocket to Mars with people on it? And basically, almost everybody says yes. And I said, now I'm curious, how many people here today believe you could do that? And usually nobody. And I said. The only difference between you and Elon Musk isn't that he's smarter. He simply believes in more possibilities. That's it. Yes. That's yes. all there is going on. So there I was changing my identity. And then people go, I was 25. I had the four-story home, the Mercedes, the trips to Europe, and yes. I was on the water and all that. And so my little boy dream comes true. And people sometimes go, oh, my gosh, you got there so early. I said, I've been planning it for 20 years. It really was a very long journey. If I'd had the internet, God knows I would have gotten there a lot quicker. But that to me is the core of the work that I do is I have the ability to see into people's minds and how they're put together and then crack them open and start on another journey to become a new person that can then go out and create that next level of their empire or whatever it is they want to build. That is so true. I love that story. And I can relate to this so much because even though I grew up in a completely different background, I grew up in India. I and my parents when my parents are Hindu and they still believed that anyone who is rich is because they are crook, because they've taken. So they believe the same thing. They believe the, exactly the same thing. But I yeah. did not want to subscribe to that philosophy. I don't believe yeah, in that. Right. I believe in abundance mindset. I believe in that if you create value for other people, it's going to create value for you. Th that's what I believe in. And then the other story that I love that you shared was the Elon Musk. What people do forget, Elon Musk was still believing that when no one else was believing in that in him. And he was going out, going... Uh, when he was nobody, literally nobody 20 years or 30 years ago, going to Russia and buying intercontinental ballistic missiles. That's the type of a thing that ends up, might end you up in a prison or a gulag or somewhere from Russians buying those to convert them into rockets. So it's like believing when no one else even thinks it's possible. Exactly. And it's why I shared with you before, before we started, I have a birthday in about a week. The new Mac computer's out. So I've been waiting and waiting, going on my birthday to buy my Mac computer. But I'm also joining Peter Diamandis group because yes. I want to hang out with that group. I want to do a deep dive into all these different technologies because I'm now asking myself, how do I utilize these for me to get from where I am now to where I want to be in 10 years? Because I know a big chunk of it's going to be technology and the more I study technology, and I'm curious because you're a tech guy, um, yes. I'm a guy studying it, but I'm just seeing technology through the lens that technology is leveraged. It is. That's, that's, that's really what's going on here. Yes. And it's a leverage point unlike any lever we've ever had in the history of humankind. Yes. Absolutely. It's like you are an extremely successful podcaster. You have audience in 190 plus countries. You have, I don't know, 1.2 few million downloads, I would say easily. Some months we have 12 million. We have millions of downloads and we're about to hit 3000 episodes on our network that I created. Yes. And now imagine the leverage that the technology has provided you, which was right. not possible 40 years ago that you could be in your living room and reaching 190 countries and on a 
consistent basis. And that was just not possible. And that's what the technology of 30 years ago has done. Imagine what the technology when it comes to AI and blockchain that's being developed right now is going to do for you in the next 10 years. And it just keeps getting faster and faster. And there's only two types of people in the one in the world. One that have leverage and the other ones who don't understand and how to use leverage. So leverage could be for me, I think leverage could be other people's time. Leverage could be money that you put. Leverage could be machinery. Leverage could be technology. And that those are the only few types of leverage that I know. And well, well but another kind of leverage, and that is the relationships. People uh, always, I'm doing a presentation next week at a, a podcast uh, festival uh, called, you know, three, what I learned from 3000 episodes, right? Yes. And people always ask me, where's the money? Because they think it's in the ads. And I actually don't <laughs> no, love no, no. that. No, it's not in the ads, right? It's not in the ads. The money is in my relationships with my guests. It's where yes. I get on audiences, become clients, guests send me clients, guests get me on other opportunities on their show. Like one guest two weeks ago was recording and they, they had recorded a few times. They said, oh, I'm doing a summit next week. Will you come? Okay. So I said, sure. So I come and now I'm going to be doing stuff with the LA Times. Today, yes. I met with someone who was there, who came to my masterclass, who today is becoming a client. It's the relationships. It's the relationships is, is such a powerful, even if you, if you, I think if you, if, even if you're the most extreme, that's what I want to say, tech person, and you miss that relationships are still the glue. It's not technology. That's the glue. Technology is yes. lever points, but the glue is your relationships. A hundred percent. You said it. It's like, over my lifetime, I probably have applied for 500 jobs in my whole lifetime, um, different times at different stages of my life than I have, but I've never gotten a job. I've always ended up going in a partnership with the business that I was applying for a job with. And why did that happen? It's just because of an existing relationship or someone introduced me. So I have never got it through just applying through faceless, you know, nameless, because they get hundreds of CVs. It just gets lost. But if the friend of the CEO says that, hey, you need to talk with this guy, he can take your business to the next level. Are you going to get a chance? Of course, you're going to get a shot. You'll, you'll skip all the human resource people and you'll go straight to the top. And that's what relationships do. And it is one of the best levers that you can pull. And podcast allows you to do that. And it's done the same thing for me. Yes. Oh, I... And, and the great thing about podcasting is, yes. is uh, you were on my podcast is I get to interview the most interesting people and I learn a lot from all my interviews. Yesterday I did five interviews and by the end of the day, I had a whole lot of new perspectives and ideas that I didn't have at the beginning of the day, just from the conversations I had. And I went, oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about doing that. Or someone will be saying things and I'm like having this tangential thought as I'm listening to my guests going, oh, I bet I could apply that over here. That's a fantastic idea, right? Yeah. And that's the marvelous thing is getting to meet all these fascinating people who come on my show and I get to interact and interview. And, and actually I'm learning just like the audience as I interview them. Absolutely. And you know, 
if someone is really busy, you send them an email or, you know, send them an um, unsolicited message saying that, hey, can I pick your brains for half an hour or one hour over a coffee? Most of the time, you're not going to get a response. But if you are in this position where you can provide them with a platform and an audience for their message, for their brand, of course, they're going to give you the, their, not one, they'll give you their two hours of their time to create this content together, enrich you and your audience at the same time. So it's a yeah. win-win for everyone. It's a, and it's a win for humanity. I call it the yes. triple win. You, others, and society or humanity all winning together. That's yes. the kind of, I call that a conscious world. That's the world that I want to contribute to. It's the reason I get up in the morning. I like yeah. making money. You like making money, but that's not why I get up. I get up to see what kind of transformation I can help create. How can we take the world that we have that is in this beautiful state all over the world of called chaos? Yes. <laughs> and people get really freaked out by that. And I go, but wait, I've lived at a Buddhist monastery. So I kind of take a somewhat of a Buddhist meditate on it. Let's settle our mind and let's notice what's really going on here. And what I've noticed from chaos, and I think the chaos is going to continue, folks, Oh yeah, you know? and, and I, I want to be I, I want to be the bearer of glad tidings. Think of it this way: the the chaos is going to get worse. Now, what does that mean? That we came into the chaos in from a conventional reality, and say that conventional reality was the fifties and the sixties. It started changing with the flower childs, LSD, and all that, and then the seventies. You had the me generation, and then the eighties and the nineties, and then all hell broke loose. Yeah. And uh, all hell is going to continue to break loose. But here's what I know about chaos, having studied it, is that you come into chaos and you, you're going in what appeared to be no clear direction, but a direction is actually forming in that chaos. And a new direction is going to come that's more holistic, that has different ways of organizing information, patterns, possibilities. Yeah. And I believe on the other side of this, we actually are going to have a much more conscious world where people are Absolutely. much more enlightened about how we're all here to actually collaborate together. And oh my gosh, like an ant hill, the little yes. ant colony all cooperates together and they get results done. Yeah. And some people are afraid of this, that, oh, this whole idea will end up with one world government. And I'm going, well, of course, we're going to end up in one world government. What else would we end up with? Is that because we're in a world today where you take the pandemic, we've done a rather poor job of handling the pandemic on a global level. Yeah. But yeah. I see it as just, okay, this was a first test where we really can't solve this pandemic unless we figure out how to work together. Because one country can go, oh, but the moment people come from another country, exactly, they're pulling in their variants. Yes. And those variants are infecting those people. So it's it isn't just the rich countries right now are getting the vaccines, but everybody has to have access. Yes. Everybody. Until everyone has access, there'll be more and more new variants. Unfortunately, yeah. that's just the reality. Um, right. Yeah. That, yeah. And so I think it's requiring us, if we look at it from a spiritual perspective and just assume that there are no accidents, we don't have to know where everything came from, that this is giving humanity an opportunity to go at some point, hopefully enough of humanity will become aware of what you and I are just talking about. 
that we can yes. only solve this problem through cooperation and collaboration, yeah. right? And then we start solving this problem. Because again, I'm a futurist and, and, and I can tell you my big concern, which I think is reality, which is by reality, I don't mean, what I mean is I think it's going to happen. Let's just say that. I think there are more pandemics coming in the next 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah. I don't think yeah. That, no, this is not. So I go, this is a test pandemic. We're all seeing what it, and now we got to figure out how we're going to deal with this when more of these come. Because yeah. the way we dealt with this one so far has not been particularly good. Yeah. We have not solved it that well. Yeah. So we have a learning curve. Oh, we absolutely have a learning curve. And um, talking about learning curves and changing this topic slightly onto the lighter side of things, you have a lot of entrepreneurs and founders go from say six figure to seven figure or seven figure to eight figure using your learnings from all your years of experience. So what are some of the key changes that you make to them or to their business that changes that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm actually an essentialist. You're probably familiar with Wayne Dyer. I had the opportunity to see him, you know, speak before he died. And I said, if you've ever read a Wayne Dyer book, You'll understand this. If not, I'm going to tell you what they're all like. And I like Wayne Dyer. I've read a lot of them. But Wayne Dyer truly has the art of taking a single sentence and turning it into a chapter. I have the skill of taking a chapter and turning it into a single sentence. <laughs> and, and what's really interesting about that is I couldn't do it, Wayne. I like people go, okay, write an article about that. And I go, no, I've already told you everything I need to tell you. A true story, and you'll understand. So when I was in law school, I had this professor, Swigert, in law school, booking a class is making the highest grade. So I had him for contracts too, and I booked this class. So I took him for a very advanced course. I was still a freshman, and I talked him into letting me, the, the administration, into letting me take a senior class. I was good at talking my way into classes. And, and, and it was on secured transactions. He had a 25% essay question. Now, in law school, you've got three hours, and that's your whole grade right? That's the deal. And this was my answer. It's seven words. Fire your attorney, hire me, file everywhere. Now, in the, in, in the world of secured transactions, there's really only, I don't even know why we needed to talk about it for a whole semester, because when you get through with it, the first person to file almost always wins. So the answer is go file everywhere. And their attorney obviously happened. Closed my blue book, handed it in an hour and a half into the exam. People are looking because they knew I made, you know, good grades. Oh my God, he flunked. That's great. Why? Because Swigert every day would say I was reading an exam and it was an A. And then I kept reading and it was a B. This is a true story. And then I kept reading and it was a C. And yes, and then I kept reading and it was a D. And every day in my notes, I'd say it and shut up. So when I said those seven words, there was nothing more to say. So I really like essentialism. Now, here's your answer that teed it up. What I've discovered is there's only three and three only problems any business of any size can ever have. They are mindset problems. There are strategy problems. And there are execution problems. Yeah. So I have fine-tuned a process of working with mindset, strategy, and execution in that order, because I've also discovered that typically the reason a business hasn't gotten from wherever they are now to where they want to be in 12 months or 36 months or five years 
is that it's the mindset of the CEOs and the founders, and then the mindset of the team about what we first started talking about identity and possibility. And I tell people, you may need a new marketing plan, but you don't need to write it until you change, because until you change, you're not going to write the right marketing plan, nor are you going to execute because you won't believe it's possible. That's the real secret. And so I've just got it down to essence and I don't work on anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's, I love it. Mindset, strategy and execution. That's it. That's, do you have any practical example that you can share where a business or an individual came to you, you applied these three things and how it changed? So so I'll I'll refer a client I had and the outcome was I took him from 1 million to 2 million in five months. And we didn't build funnels or anything like that. What I did was I listened to him week after week, and I understood his mind. And then we would talk about only one thing, marketing strategy about how he was going to go get more clients, and then how he would go execute it. And so I, I would just listen to him. And then one of the secret sauces is I took nine years of NLP and Erickson and hypnosis and multiple certifications. So every private client, and I have a hypnotic audio I want to give away today free because oh, I create them. I create them on a group level, but I create them for every private client, custom hypnotic audios that are based on their goals and how they're stopping themselves from getting there so that we can shift that and they can start thinking about their business and solutions completely differently than what they've done before. So I just listened to how he was thinking and I would change it. And I go, okay, so now what if this were possible? And so by doing that and him listening to his hypnotic audio, he would go cycling. I didn't tell him to do this, by the way, but he looped it and he would listen to it for an hour. It, it was maybe 10 minutes long. And and would work on his marketing strategy because that was the strategy. Now, it's not that I always work on that strategy. It's whatever strategy someone needs to work on. It might be the strategy of putting their team together, but we identify what's the strategy that's not working. And that's all we worked on. And in five months, he went from one to 2 million because we were just hyper-focused on the mindset strategy execution. That is fantastic. I'm going to write these words in big letters all on top of my screen <laughs> up over here. And you think about people make it so complicated yeah. and it's not complicated. You've got to get things down to the essential elements and then only do, when I'm working with a client, I go, we're only going to work on 10%. We're going to get rid of 90% of what you're doing. Because it's not the 10% that matters. If you want to grow quickly, you want to get to any goal quickly, you want to, you know, master a project quickly, you can't waste your time on all these things that really, and the one thing you cannot waste your time on, I was dealing with someone yesterday in in a session on this, is I help people see possibilities, see possibilities, see possibilities. Now, when I'm looking at someone's mind, I'm looking at what they say, their word choice, their behaviors, because that tells me what's in their mind. I don't have to just look at the mind. And this one person was looking entirely at why it was impossible to get to the goal. And so I reframed it and I said, okay, we're going to work on possibility, but it's good to identify risk. You have to identify risk, but people get stuck and they go, because there's this big risk, I don't want to take action. And it's because they're not asking the right question. 
when you identify the risk and you need to know what those are because you don't want them to blow up your business. But your goal isn't to stay stuck on the risk. Your goal is to mitigate the risk. And the way you yes. mitigate risk is you go, okay, here's the risk. Now, what needs to be possible to take this risk away? Yeah. And then you start coming up with answers and you're still aware of the risk, but you have found a solution to build and the risk doesn't stop you. You build with awareness, but you're always looking for possibility. And that's a huge difference. And a lot of founders and CEOs, because they haven't gone through that kind of process, aren't aware of how much time they waste looking at impossibilities which isn't going to build your business at all. You've got to just yeah. look at possibilities. So like I was working with somebody and they're giving me this list of this is impossible. And I go, so what would need to be possible for that impossibility to become possible? Yeah. So different way of looking at it. And you go, oh, if I did this, the impossibility would become possible. That's great. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And also earlier today, we were talking about mindset and growth mindset. How do you help people, I don't know, develop a growth mindset or start seeing from your point of view? Yeah, it's a similar exercise to what we're talking about because people who have the growth mindset, the way I look at it is they have a possibility mindset. They're always looking for options. They're always looking for opportunities. They're looking for how can I get there, not how can I not get there. And people who are stuck in in a mindset where they're not growing, we can just call it a stagnant mindset, are usually stuck in impossibility. Yeah. Because they don't think it's even possible. It's impossible. That was like the masterclass. How many of you think that you could send a rocket and put people on it and get to Mars? For them, it was impossible. For Elon Musk, it's possible. And Elon doesn't even have to know anything about how to build a rocket personally yes, because he can hire all the right people to do that. Yeah. But what makes you the true CEO isn't that you can do any of this. What makes you the true CEO is that you've got a vision and you believe it's possible. 100%. You said it. You have a vision and you follow it. The other thing I see often with entrepreneurs, I talk with lots of entrepreneurs and especially in the technology space, they see a lot of possibilities and that makes their effort really diluted because they want to chase 10 different possibilities ah, yes. and then they yes. want to go after oh, 10 yes. different opportunities every yes, single so day. Is, yes. Part of mindset is focus. Yeah. And it's being laser focused. And that's a conversation I have with lots of people. I've spoken on it. And and here's the deal. Any two smart people could sit down and in a day come up with a hundred ideas. Absolutely. You say that. And and at least 10 of them would be worth exploring. Yeah. But the entrepreneur who wins chooses the game they're playing and plays it. Yeah, And the entrepreneur who loses, you don't get any points for being the smartest person in the room who has 100 ideas you're thinking about every day. In fact, you lose all your points by doing that. Yes. You must choose one direction and one direction only. Like you need to initially, if you're building a business, choose one market. Yes. You can't go after three or four or five markets. You could go after one market. So choose the one that you think 
is in some ways the lowest hanging fruit, but also has the greatest ability for you to get your initial stage of growth. Very, very And then true. squeeze everything you can out of marketing, selling, making an impact with that one market so that you know them inside and out. And that's exactly the problem is that entrepreneurs by their nature tend to be really smart people with a yes. lot of ideas. And that's their Achilles heel right there. Yes, you said it. I know you have really worked and talked with thousands of entrepreneurs. And that's why this, that this is what they all do. And they all go one inch deep but one mile wide, you want to go one inch wide and you want to go one mile deep. And then you completely well, you know, dominate we talk, we that. Talk, we talked about the podcast. So we're in our eighth season. When I started podcasting back in 2014, I told my team, I said, this is going to be huge. My sec- first month, I had 30,000 downloads. My second month, 150,000, which is unheard of. It is unheard quick, of. Yes. Right. But I told him, I said, I'm supposed to be doing this. I know this is the right thing to do. But this was the strategic decision. I said, we're not going to start podcasting unless we are dedicated to do it for at least three years. Yes. Because I knew to get real traction and know what I was doing, I needed to master this. So if we're just going to dabble at it, don't bother. Yeah. So either say, this is a stake we're putting in the ground. This is a flag we're going to hold and we're going in all the way or don't do it. But that's my personality. I think you just go all in or don't bother. Yeah. Play big or stay home. Very true. So true that I have to share this one uh, statistic with you. And that is that 25% of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts has only one episode. And that, I knew that most of them were gone in the first three months, but 25, they only put one episode yes. out. So there are over 2 million podcasts. So over 500,000 podcasts have only one episode. They gave up after one episode because it was too much editing work, too much hard it's work. A lot, it's a lot of work. I'll tell you that. Here's something we did. It was not intentional. I, I started my first day of interviewing. I did three interviews. I got up to 10 interviews a day and now I've I only do six or seven. Still crazy, but I figured out how to do it. Yeah. When I launched, which was two months, just nine weeks after I first did an interview, July 8th, launched on September 16th, we had 62 shows in the hopper. Interview shows. Right? Now, most people, because I've mentored a lot of people on podcasting, I'm going, okay, here's the deal. You cannot launch till you have two months worth of podcasts. If you're going to be once a week, and by the way, when you launch, you must have three sitting there the day you launch. And the first week you launch, you have to do a show every day. Yes. So you really have to have three months worth of shows in the hopper or don't launch. And there's a lot of people who give this ridiculous, uh, horrible advice. Oh, just get started. I'm telling you, if I had just gotten started, I would not have had 150,000 downloads my second month because then I was able to take the first year and I looked at my numbers and I understood them inside and out. And I'm I'm trained as a tax attorney. I literally looked at my numbers, my downloads 15 times a day. I'd get up during the night for a solid year. For a solid year, I practiced different ways to write tweets for a solid year year to figure out what worked. Yeah. Right. And that's the kind, that's the kind of depth you have to have if you want to be 
mega successful at anything. Yeah. Yeah. You went down one mile or you went down 10 miles deep and that, <laughs> yes. You've yeah, got to be consciously that. obsessed with what you're yes. doing and curious. I was curious. I'm a numbers guy. I go, hey, it's four in the afternoon. There should be more downloads. Something's wrong. And sure enough, there'd be something wrong. We'd figure it out. But I knew something was wrong because I knew what the pattern was supposed to look like. Yeah. Uh, that is great. And so what is next for you? Um, what are you working on next? Yeah. So gr- great question. February 18th and 20th, I'm doing my first three-day virtual and it's titled Mindset to Millions. Yes. And uh, no, it's you're going to Broadway. I have a massive plan and a team. We're going to win. We're going to figure this out because I plan to do five three days next year. And each three days is going to sell into two different one-year programs. So in, in November, we're doing the trial webinar where I'm inviting people to give me feedback, and then they get a special deal on the event. And then I'm doing with affiliates, not just like a two or three week thing. We're doing December, January, and the first three weeks of February, where every week, except Christmas, I'm doing a webinar. I'm driving people so I can perfect the webinar. I can go, okay, we closed, but I think we could close better. What do I need to change? What was not, it's the same thing as the podcast, constantly watching and going, something's wrong or people aren't engaging with the tweets the way I want. I'll write them differently. I'll use different words. I'll use different headlines. And um, that's what's next is that's the next stage of Conscious Millionaire. All of 2022 is going to be these five, three days, and then put people into programs that will either take them from six to seven. That's going to be First Million Accelerator or their seven figure. And they're going to be in the Limitless Mastermind because they want to get to eight. And that's the only two groups of people that I work with in Conscious Millionaires. We have it very highly tuned. And they have to be people who want to do two things, change the world and get rich. Yeah. Now I And I have really refined that formula because in the beginning, I focused too much on change the world. And then I would get people who weren't as money focused, or there's another way of looking at that. They had huge money issues and they didn't want to deal with them. Because money was bad. Now we're back to my mom shaking her finger at me and telling me not to become a millionaire. So I found that the people who make the best socially conscious kind of entrepreneurs, they're driven to change the world and they want to be rich. Both. You've got to have both drives to be a conscious millionaire. And they both have to be strong. And if somebody won't talk to me about their numbers, I know we got a problem. And so I'm going to make sure that we work through that problem. Because you can't build a business if you don't look at your numbers. And I'm not talking once a month. I'm talking every day. Yeah. You got to know what's going on. No, that's very true. That's. And I think a lot of visionary kind of entrepreneurs, sometimes that's not their, their focus, but you're going, you can't build this thing. This is a machine that you're building where you've got to be able to have predictable income. You've got to know what your audience, your market wants that's related, not off value, but here's where a lot of people mess up is they don't get clear about their purpose for being on this planet and they don't bring it into their business. And if you don't, you're never going to have your strongest passion and you're never going to make the big impact you could have. And when, from my perspective, when business in this new conscious era 
it's not just money for money. It's not transactional. I do this, you give me money, done deal. It's I transform, not transact. I transform you in some way. I uplift you in some way. I take you to a more positive experience of your own life. And you can't wait to give me money because you want more of that positive experience. That to me is the whole direction of business. Yep. So true. So true. That's how it should be, I think, for everyone. Yeah. Yes. But I I think that is part of where we're headed in this chaos. So the conventional view of business, where we learned lots of great principles, I call it stage one capitalism. It's only about the bottom line. But Conscious Millionaire defines stage two as this triple win of you, others, and society all winning together. And wow. It turns out that if you take that approach, you are going to win at your highest level. Yeah, no, that, that is true. Because I think of it, just what you're saying is like the Maslow's triangle. The first thing is the basic needs. And then you get higher and higher. And the final level is the consciousness mindset, which is pretty much what you're all about. And, well, and, and technology understood this in the 90s. There's never been an industry where so many people in raggedy jeans and and flip-flops and sandals and long hair went to work and became millionaires Yeah, because technology got, if we all share in the win, the win will be bigger. And no other industry had ever done that. You didn't have people making cars and the person who was turning 12 screws became a millionaire in three years. But in technology, that possibility existed because there was a mindset that it was all about, I go, the conventional view of a dollar is there are 100 pennies. And now we got to fight. But this conscious, expansive view of a dollar is there are millions of pennies and we can create more. Yes, absolutely. And there is a lot more value to be unlocked. And Exactly. It's unlocking the value. And once you understand that wealth is created by adding value to other people's lives. Yes. And therefore, there's no one size of a pie because you can have a whole bakery and then you can have a whole factory and then you can have a whole warehouse full of all the, the pies yes. you're building. Is that there's no limit. It's That's why my new program is Limitless Performer. And that's my newest show, Limitless Performer. How you unlock human potential and evolve consciousness to become limitless. That's the whole topic of that, my newest show. Because that's the real secret right there. We are limitless, but we have to unlock it. And that's about a change in identity, once again, and a change in possibility. Yeah, very true. And for someone who does want to um, sign up to one of your programs or follow you in some way or connect with you, what's the best way? Where should they go? I'm I'm going to give you two ways. One, I want everybody to go get a hypnotic audio created. It's the favorite one. I created six uh, last year, and this is the one just everybody loves. So I just give it away now. And it's called Born to Make Millions. Born to Make Millions. Yes. And and within it is the secret of how you're going to make those millions. And it's the same way of looking at that six-minute audio is like Think and Grow Rich. And on every page, in every chapter, there's the answer. Right inside this hypnotic audio is the answer of how you're going to make your millions. Now, if you want to talk to me about possibly working with me, 
I'd love to have a conversation with you. Here's what I'm going to do. I, I have been doing this for a couple of years and it's never backfired. I'm going to give you my cell phone. If you're interested in having a conversation with me, text me and don't worry what time and I'm in mountain, but it doesn't matter because I have my iPhone set up. So at nine o'clock, it shuts itself down. And at 6 a.m., it wakes itself up. And I don't hear any of those text messages. So here's the cell phone. It's plus one because United States, 303-641-0401. Again, that's plus one. It's 303-641-0401. Reach out to me and there's no secretary that's going to get back to you because I'm the only person with my cell phone. I will contact you personally and you can be assured I get back with you very quickly. Oh, absolutely. And I can testify to that. And I have contacted Jerry Crum on that and he does get back to you and it's, it's great. There's very few guests who do that on my show and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you taking that offer that far. So Thank you so much. I would love to thank you for your time. And yeah, look, I look forward to continuously following you on every platform on whether it's on podcasting or on LinkedIn or any of your content online. So thank you again, once again, for your time and for your positivity and your mindset. Oh, thank you. And I reach out if you're listening today. I say this on almost every one of my episodes and there's six episodes a week. I don't think there are any accidents. I think that the mystery of life reveals itself in being in the flow, which is, which is what I teach. It's one of the main pieces. I want everybody to learn how to live in their flow and create synchronicity. Synchronicity is where all the magic happens. Synchronicity is where you turn to the person and you go, Oh, I think I'll start a conversation with them. And and it becomes the biggest business deal you ever had. That's how this thing works called business. It's synchronicity after synchronicity. It's not just sitting and mapping something on paper. It's living it as a live human being with other live human beings and synchronicity will abound. Yep, that is so true. And yes, as you say, there are no accidents. So if you are listening, there is a chance that Jay is going to be able to help you in taking your business, taking your own um, mindset to the next and your strategy to the next level. So reach out to him. I'll have links in the show notes everywhere. And once again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. And, and I appreciate you showing up and sharing this time with us because Sam and I could have a conversation, but it wouldn't be a podcast without everybody tuning in and listening. Yep. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.